welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with Leo Flowers. How are you doing? Today is January 19th, uh, and, and we're doing a solo. We're doing a solo episode. I feel like it's been a while since I've just been able to talk to you one-on-one, and um, and I, I got some cool things that I'm excited to share with you. Um, got a, I went to go see, well... Today's episode, we're going to talk about, um, uh, I just did some shows in Spokane, Washington this past weekend, and uh, the manager informed me that one of the security guards um, had took his life. He was struggling with, Pete had, had completed suicide um, and um, uh, was struggling with PTSD, and uh, and who knows what else was um uh, going along with that, but I and you know the staff, of course, at the club they they're pulling together and they're they're doing a benefit and and um, and, and you know, but they're really having a, a tough time with it, as anyone would uh, when you lose someone close to you. You know, he he was I don't even think he was forty or maybe he was around forty, uh, which is around my age. So uh, it touched me very deeply, but I, I want to. But, but we're going to talk about why do people take their life and why and and how to overcome that if you are struggling with that. I have some very inspirational, I have a very inspirational story for you and, and not just inspirational like rah, rah, make you feel good. But um, but, you know, I was but it's, it's out the Wall Street Journal. I'm going to share that with you. So. We, you know, it's been a while since we really reviewed um, uh, suicide specifically, and so we're going to get into that today. But before we even do all that, <clears throat> I saw the movie Jojo Rabbit this weekend with a friend in Spokane, and the movie is phenomenal. I laughed, I cried, I felt all the things that you want to feel when you watch a movie to me, that's how I judge a movie. Like, did it make me feel something? Did it move me emotionally? There's so many movies where you watch it and um, it's a solid movie, but it didn't, it didn't move you. It, you didn't feel it. It didn't, it didn't stir you up. It didn't, um, you weren't angered. You weren't saddened. You weren't, uh, you weren't hopeful. Nothing. It, it gave you, there was no joy. It didn't, it didn't get you, you know. And uh, but this movie had all the feelings, and I'm, I'm I just want to thank my friends for saying who just kept saying you gotta go see it, you gotta go see it. And it's a movie I typically would not see, but um, but it's it's a tough movie to watch. It's funny, but it has heart, and it and it it does get real. So if you do go see this movie, one do not watch it on a plane. Because, like I said, it's very funny, but it's also very sad. So you want to make sure you're in a place where um, you can feel all the feelings. You understand? You don't want to be on a plane. Uh, you know, when I watch a movie on a plane, it's hard to laugh out loud. And you also don't want to be all, all teared up on a plane either. So a plane's not a good place. And watching this by yourself is, is not a good thing. Because, like I said, it's so emotional and it's so funny, and it does spark uh, discussion and conversation. So you definitely uh, want to watch it with someone else, or watch it during the daytime, 
or something like that. But um, don't watch this right before bed because it's a, it's a, it, it it can get you. Uh, you know, watch it before the gym. Like if you want to go, if you want to go work this, if you watch it during the day and then you know, go work out, you're gonna have a great workout because it's gonna get the blood circulating for sure. But I bring the movie up because at the very end, and this is not a spoiler, no spoilers. Um, but there is a quote that is shown on the screen at the very end, and I want to share that quote with you because it ties in uh, to everything uh, we're talking about today. And the quote is, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final, end quote. And that quote's by... Rainier Maria Rilke, Rilke, R-I-L-K-E, Rilke. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, Rainier Maria Rilke wrote that, and uh, and me and my friends, we were all just watching it like, wow, what a powerful, what a great movie, and then what a powerful quote to, uh, to bookend the movie with. Uh, and I want to say it one more time. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. And in that last part, the no feeling is final, I don't want that. To, it could, that could come off flippant. You know, when people say, um, you know, uh, suicide is a temporary, is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Listen, I understand that the... The feelings, the depression, the hopelessness, like that stuff comes and goes. Like it, it, it's it, you know, from the outside looking in, it, yeah, people like it's temporary, but we all know that those feelings can come back, and 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 they do, and they do come back, and so although it's temporary, it, it's not like oh, it just is gonna come and go once, right? It, it's it's a series of if if you listen to my podcast uh, titled Sandstorms. It's just a series of sta- sandstorms, you know, that you just know, like, these sandstorms are going to come in and, and hopefully you get better at dealing with the sandstorms. So even though the feeling isn't final, it, it is, it, you know, for the most part, a lot of these feelings of, of anxiety and pain and, and uh, but also joy and excitement, all those things are going to come and go calm, happiness, all those things come and go. But let it all happen to you. The beauty and the terror just keep going. You know, when you watch an action movie, um, that you know, they're getting chased by the tsunami or the monsters. The, the first thing they just go, just keep moving. Don't stop. You watch a war movie, just keep moving. Don't stop. Don't look back. And, 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 and yes, at some point, you 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 can't move. You have to be still. You have to hunker down. You gotta you gotta dig a ditch. You gotta recharge and renew and replenish. And that's where meditation comes from. That's where journaling comes from. Because you can't keep outrunning uh, what's behind you. We can't keep outrunning the emotions. At some point, we have to be still. At some point, we have to settle in. And we have to absorb and let the things happen to us and let the feelings wash over us, right? Um, and 
and then once we've recharged and we get back up and, and we fight another day. But um, it, it's it's not always going to look and feel the same. All right. So let everything happen to you, beauty and terror, because that's what life is. It's, it's uh, sunshines and volcanic eruptions. And, you know, there's fires in Australia, which are horrible, and it's it's wiping out uh, um, uh, different species and, and animal populations. However, we've learned from history, this is what's beautiful about studying history, is that when there is a fire that comes in and wipes things out, there's also a renewal. That's how life works. There's a fire, there's a destruction, and then there's a, a rebirth that takes place. But the rebirth only takes place after the, the fires have come in. So when we experience the fires of our emotion, we experience the pain of our emotion and the anxiety and the hopelessness, and we sit in it, then at some point there's a renewal and we come through it stronger unless, right, we, it, it, unless like you, you fall to the, uh, the, the drugs and the addiction and things like that. But if you allow yourself to just feel the feelings, then you get better at feeling the feelings and it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it doesn't throw you off balance. Um, as much as it does, and, and you're, 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 you become more fortuitous, as they say. Is that a word, fortuitous? I don't know. All right, so putting that out there, go check out Jojo Rabbit. Like I said, it's a powerful movie, but if nothing else, you know, that, that quote, put it somewhere and, and let it be a reminder to you to feel all your feelings because uh, a lot of us, we just walk around. You know, so many people are taking painkillers, and we're just trying to, uh, squash the feelings and we we, um, we have to learn how to sit in the feelings sometimes because it's not there's not always going to be a, a crutch to grab onto or um, uh, a pill to take or food to eat or a, a show to watch or someone to talk to we have to get better at being able to um, uh, sit in it sometimes right all right so let's get into why do people complete suicide, right? Um, and this is coming from Very Well Mind, all right? Uh, I'm going to read some stuff off of here, but I'll, obviously I'm always going to be chiming in. And then I'm going to get into this story uh, about this guy, Colin O'Brady, who uh, who crossed Antarctica, right? Um, 77, 77 miles. Um, and wait, how many days did this take him? 53 days. In 77 miles, uh, Colin O'Brady went across Antarctica, and we're going to talk about the lessons from that that are so powerful um, that uh, I'm, I'm excited to share it all with you. Uh, or actually, I might even tie it into what we're talking about. All right. So, you know, it's often, um, while there are many factors which can influence a person's decision to commit suicide, the most common one is that the person has severe depression. Depression can make people feel great emotional pain and loss of hope, making them unable to see another way to relieve the pain other than ending their own life. And I, I want to talk about this for a second because I, I've experienced this pain and I know people who, who've gone through this pain. And when you have that great emotional pain and you, you have a, a loss of hope, here's the value of writing down 
things you're looking forward to. The value of uh, thinking about the future and also thinking about what you want to do in the future, but also in looking at your past successes, looking at those things that you've overcome already, that you've lived through, that you've persevered, that you've accomplished, that you've achieved, the people that you've met, the people who shook your hand, the people who gave you, the friends who gave you a hug, the, the, the smiles you received, the, the stranger who opened a door for you, someone who lent a, ha- uh, a, a hand out to you. Um, but also, if you, if you don't have enough of those experiences of your own, look at other people's experiences. Look at other people's positive experiences because, that, because when you see hu- human, one human being being kind to another human being, then it gives you hope. It lets you know that people, strangers, are there to help you. They're there to assist you, that anything can happen. There's so many stories of people who have called the 800-suicide number but dialed the wrong number, and then the person who picked up recognized that the person was in distress and stayed on the phone with that person and as if they were the, the hotline operator. And it wasn't until the towards the end of the conversation that the person realized that um, they they were they had called the wrong number and were and were talking to an absolute stranger who had it in their heart to to do their best to listen to this person and make the person feel heard and and save that person's life. So when when you're looking for hope, you know if you if you can't find it within your history, if you can't find it within your future. Look at other people's histories and futures and experiences and 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 we you know when you and and draw from that, draw from the the fact that people have done good things for other people and have listened to people and and people have changed and and people have overcome. And when you read those stories and you see that and you hear that, it it helps to turn you around and that's and that can give you hope. But first, look at look at your own successes and, and go back and, and look at your future. You know, even right there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about Colin Brady. Um, I'm going to put him in right there because so Colin O'Brady, and this is in a Wall Street Journal from uh, Saturday. Colin O'Brady uh, was his athlete and uh, on <laughs> he went to Thailand and decided to he did this year long backpacking trip in uh, Thailand. And he decided to do this thing called uh, uh, skipping a flaming jump rope, right? And t- <laughs> and he caught on fire. He caught. He had severe burns on his legs. Uh, and a doctor at the local hospital told him he'd never walk normally again. And so of course he was downward spiraling. You know, he's a here he is a lifelong athlete, and uh, and he thought. Who am I without that? Then his mother urged him to set a goal. So he did, completing a triathlon, right? So I'm going to put a pin in that because the point here is that he had lost hope. He was downward spiraling. Doctors told me he would never walk normally again. He's an athlete. And then his mom said, set a goal. Set a goal for yourself. A a lot of us, this is important for you to set the, if you're going to set a goal, if you have goals, make sure they're for you. A lot of us have goals 
for other people. We, we're doing what we think other people want us to do. But really sit down and figure out what goals do you want to achieve for yourself. I have a vision board, and I have 10 things uh, that I want to achieve. And I, I got to be honest, sometimes I change it. You know, I look at it, and I add something, I take something off. But, um, but you know, because, you know, one of my goals is to go to all seven continents. So uh, for my birthday this year, uh, March 18th, 2020, we're going to Machu Picchu um, because I want to visit all seven. And, and that's one of my goals. And so when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm feeling hopeless and I'm feeling despair, I think about my, that one goal. Like that to me is the one thing that uh, is most important to me. And I have, like I said, I have nine others. But that's the one thing that, um, that I really want to do because I love to travel. And it, and it, it makes me, I'll, I'll, it's a firsthand way of learning about the world. Um, outside the news, because we know the news can be uh, very depressing, and um, so we like to explore that. But um, but this guy, uh, Colin O'Brady, right? He uh, he set a goal. So his goal is to achieve a triathlon. So he did that, and uh, he won the Chicago Triathlon, and then he completed the Explorers Grand Slam, and then uh, he did. Uh, he climbed, which is the Explorer's Grand Slam is a challenge to climb the highest mountain on each of the seven continents and complete expeditions to the North and South Poles. And he did it in world record time. So then after he finished that, he asked himself, and this is a question, this is your homework assignment. I want you to put in your journal at the very top, what more am I capable of? If you're feeling hopeless, ask yourself, what more Am I capable of versus I can't do it, there's nothing else to do, or life sucks? What more am I capable of? Because if you've gotten to this point, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're here with us now, that means you've already done something. You've done some things. You've, over, you've had obstacles, whether it was that paper in school that you, you didn't think you could write but that you cranked out or, um, you know, whatever it is, whether it was tying your shoelaces or... Um, you know, cooking macaroni and cheese from scratch, whatever it is, there were things that, that you thought you couldn't do, whether it's driving. I remember learning how to drive, and I was like, there's no way I'll ever learn how to drive because um, I almost got myself killed the first time I did it. Well, that's because the first time I drove was on the highway, which is ridiculous. You don't want to do that. Um, I almost got myself and my three other friends in the car killed. But I even think about typewriting, you know, how because I, I have very large hands, and uh, and, I, and and typing on uh, a on a computer back in the day, I was like, "There's no way these large hands are going to be able to dance around this keyboard." And now I'm a I'm, I'm a good typist. I'm not great, but enough to uh, uh, it got me through college, and you know, and I like I enjoy typing. So um, you have to remember those things that you thought you couldn't do that you were then able to do, whether it's bike riding or skateboarding. And you, you pull from that and, and let that give you hope. Let your own be your own uh, motivation. But, but like I said, to put a pin in Colin O'Brady, what I loved is when, when he felt hopeless, his mom said, set. A, set a, it doesn't have to be large. You don't have to complete a triathlon. But, you know, it could be something small, whether it's, um, you know, visiting uh, or, you know, writing a poem a day or 
uh, doing two push-ups a day for a week, whatever it is, set a goal for yourself uh, that that's uh, gonna challenge you and get you excited. Um, and then what was uh, they talked about most every night trained. Uh, he also did Colin O'Brady. Last thing I want to say about him. He also did uh, a 10-day silent meditation retreat, and I think he did more than one of those. But that goes back to him learning how to be still. That's what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, Um, and that he realized it wasn't enough just to be chasing, running, swimming, biking, and pursuing. He also had to learn how to sit and be still. And I understand if you've never meditated before, 10 days is not the way to start it off. (laughs) I don't care how ambitious you are. Um, But, you know, whether it's 10 minutes, it could be 10 seconds. Listen, listen to me. Do not underestimate the power of meditating, just sitting quietly for 10 seconds. And I'll tell you why, because most of us don't even don't even take 10 seconds for ourselves to be quiet, to be still. We're always listening to podcasts, which I appreciate you listening to the podcast, or uh, watching TV or music or is drugs and alcohol or maybe we're, we're overworking or overeating or we're, we're always in some state of consumption, in some state of doing instead of being, taking 10 seconds to just be Um, instead of running on a treadmill. Um, So I want to get back to this very well article. I went off on a huge tangent. But, you know, I want to, that first part, you know, when is, you know, to to go back to what we're really talking about is why do people complete suicide? And the first part is is depression and and specifically that loss of hope. So I just, I wanted to go into, I think the antidote for loss of hope is to study your, your past successes, and then set goals for future uh, successes that that really mean something to you. And they they could be small. They don't have to be anything large, right? Um, The the other reason is uh, traumatic stress. You know, a person who has had a traumatic experience, including childhood sexual abuse, rape, physical abuse, or war trauma, is at greater risk for suicide um, even many years after the trauma. Now, this is important because it's saying that many years after the trauma, a lot, a lot of us have gone through things two, five, 15, 20, 30 years ago, and we think that because um, it was so long ago that we're past it, we think because we have a job and a house and a wife and a kids and a 401k and uh, we have friends uh, to watch the game with. We think, we think we're past the trauma. We think we're good. And if we, but, you know, but we think that because we haven't taken the time to sit and be still and, and, and let the voices really surface and let those, those things come up. You know, when, you're, when you've been diagnosed with PTSD or multiple incidents of trauma raises the risk even further. This is partly because depression is common after trauma and among those with PTSD, causing feelings of helplessness and hopelessness that can lead one uh, to taking their life. So a lot of times the, the, the PTSD 
then triggers depression. And, and now we're, we're on this downward spiral. So if you've had some type of traumatic experience in your, in your childhood and you think you're good, you're not. Talk to someone. Pick up the phone. You know, you have the talk hotline. You have the suicide hotline. You have online resources. Uh, get a mentor. Join a church group. Go to church. Talk to the church group, right? Um, but you are not good. Talk to someone uh, and, and seek helps. And, uh, and, and don't think that because you have things together. There's a difference between having your life together and thriving. Ask yourself, are you thriving or you just have it together? Right. And I'm saying this to you. Uh, and, and I definitely need to go see a therapist. I haven't I haven't booked one. Yeah, but I just got some medical insurance, so I will um, be doing that pretty soon. And but there's a lot of therapists who do sliding scale um, uh, uh, sessions and and treatments. So if, if you if you like, I can't afford. It. Even if you go, you don't have to go every week. You don't have to go every day. Even if you go once a month. Um, but there are all types of groups out there that um, are free. You know, if you can't afford one on one, but Take steps. It's about, remember we talked about just keep going. Join a group, and then when you can stack some money, then, you know, get a session. Even if it's once a month, you'd be surprised at what you can learn um, in one hour, in one session uh, from a really uh, good uh, trained therapist. Uh, but like I said, in the meantime, there are a bunch of, of apps out there that, that you can use that are either free or or uh, low cost where um, that where you can get help. So there's help out there. I just want to emphasize that if you had some type of, of those traumatic experiences, know that um, it's it's still the residue is still there. The the impact is still there. And and sometimes when you're in it, like a fish doesn't know it's wet. So sometimes when you're in it, you don't you don't really know that you are uh, struggling with it because uh, it's been a part of you for so long. Uh, the third reason why people uh, complete suicide is substance abuse and impulsivity. This is the big one. And the impulsivity specifically, I want to speak to that because it's a reason why so many times people will say, wow, I didn't, you know, if, if they knew somebody who completed suicide, um, they'll say, well, I didn't even see it coming. Well, that's because it, it, it was, they were impulsive. The impulsivity, you have to be, if you're, if you're, I'm very, I'm very impulsive. So that's why it's so valuable for me to exercise, for me to go on a long walk, um, uh, to, to be outdoors, to be with nature, uh, to, to sweat, to have more of a keto diet, anything that can reduce my impulsivity. I almost have to work it out of me. Right, I almost have to tire out. It's like I always talk about having a nine-year-old inside of me, and if I don't wear him out, he becomes destructive. It's like if you have a dog and you don't walk your dog, he just starts tearing up stuff. And it's the same thing. Like we all have this energy inside of us that if we don't uh, take it for a walk and let it express itself in some productive way, it becomes destructive. Um, so substance abuse and impulsivity. 
Drugs and alcohol can inf- can also influence a person who's feeling suicidal, making her more impulsive and likely to act upon her urges than she would be while sober. Use of drugs and alcohol can contribute to the, the other reasons people commit suicide, such as the loss of jobs and relationships. The rates of substance abuse and alcohol use disorder are also higher among people with depression and other psychological disorders. Put these together and the risk increase. So if you drugs, alcohol, all those things, you know, and I and it, you're like, oh man, there's so much to take one thing at a time. I'm not saying you gotta give it up, but start going to meetings. At the very least, just go to a meeting. You know, um, journal, talk to someone about it. At least, you know, make it make it known to someone that, you know, how bad your drinking really is. Sometimes you don't know how bad you're drinking. You, you think having uh, six shots. I just read somewhere this, 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 uh, this, this guy, he was doing six, uh, having six beers a day, didn't think it was a problem, and then his liver gave out on him. Um, and he was like, oh, I, I guess uh, I have a drinking problem. And so... Like I said, it goes back to things that are a habit for us we don't think are a problem because it's a habit. It's something we've been doing for so long. But to somebody else, it'd be like, whoa, six drinks every day? Like, that's a problem. So the drugs and alcohol can really uh, influence you and, and, and increase your impulsivity, um, as we know. So once again, you know, find yourself in a group and, um, and, and reach out to someone. Uh, the other reason is loss of fear, uh, loss or fear of loss. So this, oh man, this is a big one. Loss or fear of loss. So people lose their jobs. People lose, uh, and you know, these situations can be like ending a romantic relationship or close friendship, uh, losing a job or being unemployed, financial problems, losing social position. You know, you got these these megastars who, who go from A-list to, to D-list, um, losing your living situation due to financial reasons, right? Like you, you had a house, and now you're in a studio, or you had a studio, and now you're on the streets. Um, or it could be the opposite. Maybe you had a studio, and now now you're balling. Maybe you won a lot of money, because that's a, that's a loss of social position. You, you were... Uh, uh, in the lower class, and now you're in the upper class. That some people can't handle that. You know, financial problems aren't always losing money. Sometimes financial problem is making a lot of money suddenly. You know, so we, we you know, a lot of these things aren't always um, a negative. Sometimes you you end a romantic relationship that was a bad relationship, but you had to get out. But now you don't know how to function outside of a relationship. You, you, there's a loss of identity when you're not in a relationship, but you knew you had to get out of that one. So that becomes tough. Uh, you have loss of friendship, and, and sometimes you lose friendships when you have a change of status. You know, if you, are, if you grew up in the hood, you see this with athletes that grew up in the hood, all their friends are from the hood, and then now they're, and then they go pro and they're making millions of dollars. And so they lose their friendships with the from the with their boys in the hood, and and that could be jarring because you know it's like if I do hang out with my boys from the hood, now I got to pay for everything. 
So that's tough. Um, you have academic failure. And academic failure, you know, it doesn't have to be um, you, you flunked out of school. It could be you were a straight-A student, and, and now you are a, a B student, you know, because uh, the, the, the work has gotten a little tougher, and you haven't figured out um, how to um, keep par with the rest of the students or whatever it is, right? Um, then the, you have uh, bullying, shaming, or humiliation, um, including cyberbullying. That that stuff is, you know, because now you've when you when you're bullied, you know, uh, and shamed, that is basically like you being kicked out of a group that you're saying they don't accept you, and that's and that's a that's a kind of a loss, right? It's a loss of face, it's a loss of uh, of friendship and connection. It's a, it's a loss of uh, feeling safe somewhere. So, you know, you, you, you lose a lot of things when in trust. Like now you, you don't trust the teachers or the schools to protect you or the institution. Sometimes it's not even just schools where the bullying takes place. Uh, it could be in a workplace. And so there's a, there's a loss of trust in, in, in people and the work and humanity. Um, so it all makes sense. Um, being arrested, so now you have a loss of freedom, um, especially if it's something that you you didn't do or maybe you did do, but um, but yeah, so all these things can contribute uh, um, and, and fall under the umbrella of loss or fear of loss, and so the antidote for when you lose something and and you f- you are afraid you're going to lose something is uh, one uh acceptance accepting accepting that you know that it's over that that you no longer have that status that you had or that relationship that you had or the or the or the GPA that you once had so first you have to accept that because it is done it's etched in stone um but the second part is then gratitude to be grateful for where you are now you know, uh, and, and for what you have now, because yes, you lost this and you lost that, but there are things that you, you still possess, whether it's, uh, because there's relationships and people in your life and skills that you have and, um, a sense of identity there in parts of you, you know, whether it's your health, whether it's your parents or your community, there's something that you didn't, no, we don't lose everything. There's always something that um, we can cling to if if we pay attention. You know, whether it's uh, the beautiful weather or whatever it is, it could be something very small. Excuse me. In um, the book Unbroken, about this guy going to a prisoner of war camp, um, and I forget he was there for a couple of years, and he said the the one thing that he clung to that they gave him uh, hope was he saw this chicken. It was a he said every day this chicken would it was just one chicken that would just be running around and he named the chicken, and uh, and so with everything that he lost and all the pain he was going through, uh, the the thing that he held on to was uh, that chicken. He was like I got that ch- chicken brought a smile to his face. So there's there's always something uh, or someone. Or some idea or feeling that that um, that you can be grateful for, right? Well, you know, some, I'm grateful for having all my teeth. I'm like, all oh, my teeth are there. That's good. You know, I can chew. I can chew solid foods. 
It's it's fantastic. I like that. Um, I and then you know so another reason why people may take their license if, and we already covered this is uh, hopelessness, right? Um, hopelessness either in the short term or as a longer lasting trait has been found in many studies to contribute to decision to complete suicide. The person may be facing a social or physical challenge and see no way the situation can improve. While it might seem obvious to an outsider observer, to an outside observer that things will get better, people with depression may not be able to see this due to the pessimism and despair that go along with this illness. Right? When people feel that they have lost all hope and don't feel able to change that, it can overshadow all the good things in their life, making suicide seem like a viable option. So, once again, the antidote to hopelessness is taking stock of the good things in your life, of what's working, of what you do have. When, um, when you know, I, I talked about this before in a previous episode, when you know, going back to the book Unbroken, when they were shot, he was, a, he was an Air Force pilot and he was shot down. And uh, they landed in the middle of the ocean and they were like, oh my God, we're not going to survive being out here in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and, but they, uh, they were able to uh, deploy a raft and then they run a raft and the raft had, um, there was a box. So the first thing they did was uh, take stock of what they had. They were like, we have a raft. There's three of us. Uh, is anybody shot? No one was shot. Everybody was healthy. And then there, there was a, um, it was a kit that came with the raft that had some supplies in it. So then they, they started. They looked at what was in the kit, and there was some food and some rope and uh, this and that. And so that's what I urge you to do if you're in that feeling of despair and hopelessness. Take stock. See the good things in your life. See the things, and even if they're not good, just see the things that you have in your life that maybe you can turn uh, into something. It's that that story in um, in the Bible where uh, uh, the 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 woman's husband, I think, died or just left, and and so she didn't have any money or, or food to take care of the family, but she had a bunch of jars, so she went around and sold jars. And then she used the money from the jars to buy beans. And then she started to fill the beans with jars. And she sold the jars with beans. And so she, she's, so, you know, she accepted, you know, that he wasn't coming back. Um, and then she took stock. And she said, what do I have? What, what good do I have around me? And how do I turn this around? So, you know, take, you, maybe you have friends. Maybe you have connections. Go through your phone, you know, and, and see who... I have I have like so many contacts in my phone of people that I've forgotten and haven't reached out to and um and and that I should that you know you start to go through your phone and you're like oh I, I can't oh yeah I do know that person oh uh oh I bet you that person can help me out with A B and C and and then you, it starts to trigger other people that you can talk to and that you like oh because I have so many friends that um I enjoy talking to. But I just forget because you do, you get busy and you, you start doing this and that. And you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I don't talk to you more often. This is insane. But, you know, people have kids and wife and job and blah, blah, blah. Um, or they just got angry or they ain't paid their phone bill. Whatever it is, um, you take stock of what is good in your life and what works. It could be church. 
it could it could be um uh you know like I, I go to this church uh, agape and, and it's just the energy is always good and i know the message is always going to be great and I always walk leave there feeling nourished and um uh, and and replenished and and it's just a it's a good i go there and I, and i know people and it just it recharges me um and uh and so i'm, I'm ex- eternally grateful for having a space is that where uh, I can go and 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 know that um, I could feel I feel connected, um, and you know I have the hikes that that I do, and and so you know you take stock of those things, and uh, uh, and that's why it's good to keep photos also, you know keep photos memories of those of those moments, um, if, if or a journal or or video or whatever it is of, of the moments that, that uh that were important to you and that and that made you feel good and the and the times that you laughed and, and that's the stuff that we should be watching more of, not Netflix and uh you know, YouTube and not to say that those things are bad, but it's good to reconnect with those real moments in your life that, that had meaning for you. Um the other reason why people uh, complete suicide is uh, chronic pain and terminal illness, right? Uh, if a person has chronic pain or illness with no hope of a cure or reprieve from suffering, suicide may seem like a way to regain dignity and control of their life. In some states, assisted suicide is legal for this very reason. According to a, to a study in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine, the following health conditions were associated with a higher risk of suicide, asthma, back pain, brain injury, cancer, congestive heart failure, diabetes, epilepsy, AIDS, heart disease, high blood pressure, migraines. I mean, I feel like they just list, they're just listing all the things. Um, chronic pain can also bring on anxiety and depression, which can also increase your risk of suicide. So uh, I think you know, if you've listened to all the episodes, because uh, I don't know which ones I cover this in, but I suffer, I, I struggle with chronic pain. I have a torn meniscus in my right knee, and I have six bulging discs in my neck. And um, and so I have this constant numbness on my left side. And it does cause anxiety because there are times where the pain gets really bad, and I go, oh, man, I don't know how much longer I can deal with this pain. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And And then I go, oh, but wait a minute. I know that if I stretch... Right. I know that if I meditate, excuse me, I know that if I take a, a, a if I do a contrast shower going from hot to cold, like I have all these natural remedies that will alleviate the pain and uh, and reduce my anxiety and depression that are that are free, that are right there, that are within my control within my reach but sometimes in the when the, and when the pain hits you forget those things you forget the tools that you have um, you know a, a lot of accidents are, are caused by I was just reading in a paper the other day that a lot of Tesla accidents are because like the Tesla uh, is accelerating but what they're finding is that people are accidentally freaking out uh, and hitting the accelerator instead of hitting the brakes. So there's a situation where somebody's driving a Tesla and then maybe a dog jumps in front of the car or a car um, almost hits them and so they freak out and instead of hitting the brake, they hit the accelerator. And then, but because they were so 
uh, anxious and, and out of it. And uh, they think that the car did it. They they don't realize it was th- them um, who did it. Toyota got in trouble for that years ago where uh, people were saying that Toyota was accelerating. They found out it was the drivers who were hitting the accelerator. So I bring that point up to say that um, we have tools are at, are, are at our disposal, internal coping skills and mechanisms, whether it's uh, d- deep breathing or meditation or going for a walk. And we forget them when... Um, uh, when a uh, when disaster strikes, where our emotions become uh, too out of control, which is why we have to practice our coping skills and mechanisms, and and going to therapy and journal and all those things, so that we can we can catch ourselves before it, it spirals too far out of control. The way Colin O'Brady's mom was able to step in and 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 help him pull him out of his spiral by saying, hey, set some goals, right? Um, the other reason why people complete suicide is uh, they feel like your life is a burden to others. A person with chronic pain or a terminal illness can also feel like a burden to others as it becomes harder and harder to ask for yet another ride to the doctor's office or more help with household duties or assistance paying for hospital bills. In fact, many people who decide to commit suicide often state that their loved ones or the world in general would be better off without them. This type of rhetoric is a common warning sign of suicide. People often see themselves as a burden to others or feel worthless due to the overwhelming emotional burden they are carrying within. And I have to admit, I completely understand this feeling. That uh, That's one of the things that, that causes anxiety about my chronic pain is, you know, will my pain get to a place where then I become some type of physical or financial or emotional burden to someone else? Uh, that it's always a part of my anxiety. I never want to be that. Um, however, what I've also realized is that people love to come together to help someone out. Think about the elderly. Like, we're not pushing elderly people off of cliffs, right? Like, we, people, there's so many, I think here it's it's hard in the American culture um, to see how families operate. But, like, when you look at Latin cultures or um, Asian cultures, they take care of their elderly. They take care of the people with chronic pain and terminal illness. It it actually brings the family together. It's like your your grandmother is sick. You got to come home, and and so people come around and they get food and and they, and they check in. I have there are people in my family. Um, uh, there's a few elderly women, and the family members take turns letting the family, uh, the, letting the elderly women stay with them and taking care of them and checking in on them. And they make sure to include them on uh, different activities and uh, making sure that they're getting exercise uh, and making them feel included and part of the family. But that, but that takes a family effort. And I understand that everybody, I have a very large family. My mom has five siblings, just to give you uh, an idea. And I have three uh, sisters. 
So I have a I have a very large family, and and but but my point is is that there are people who uh, look forward to hearing from you, who enjoy your company, who are inspired by you, and 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 I tell you what, probably haven't even told you. You don't you don't even realize what a value you are to other people. There, I mean, even myself, like. There are things that I do because I've been inspired by someone else or like Colin O'Brady. I'm inspired by this guy. But am I going to message Colin O'Brady and say, hey, man, I saw your your article in Wall Street Journal. I'm inspired by you. And now I want to go to Antarctica this year. I don't want to wait till next year. I feel like it's a sign from the universe. Um, I won't. But I should. But now that I'm, you know what? Now that I'm talking to you guys about it, I will. Because I want to get his book. Wait, what's the name of his book? The name of his book is, uh, I don't know the name. Oh, The Impossible First, From Fire to Ice, Crossing Antarctica Alone. Um, so I'm, I'm looking up Colin O'Brady right now. I bet you he's on, uh, <laughs> I bet you he's uh, he's got to be, on Colin O'Brady. Look at that. He has a star next to his name. Man, oh yeah, people. He has 256,000 followers. Message him right now, man. Inspired by your Wall Street Journal article. Thank you. Planning trip to Ant. Antarctica this year. Boom, done. And that's and look at this. And I'm only did that because I was talking to you guys about. It. I was like, why wouldn't I reach out and tell this guy? And so my point is though, is that you, there are people who are inspired by you, who love you, who care about you, who are thinking about you. Um, and, uh, and, and probably would, unfortunately, will never tell you that. And I, I see people post on Facebook, uh, hey guys, going through some things, please leave some kind words on my Facebook post. And that works, you know? Uh, I, I don't do that, but what I do post are questions, and it makes me feel good to see people, excuse me, responding to my questions. Uh, I think the post question I'm going to post uh, on Facebook now is uh, a, a bathroom with two sinks or one, uh, and and that has to do with some other article. That's a whole other story. I, I'm not gonna get into all that, but um, but yeah, believing that you're a burden to others, uh, you know that's a trigger. And so, um, but just know that you know, ask people like, hey, what does taking care of me do for you? You know, don't be afraid to ask that question of the people who you do feel are taking care of you or, or who are doing things for you. Because they're because trust me, they are getting something out of it. It makes people feel good to do good. Write that down. It makes people feel good to do good. And and that's what they um and so that's what they're getting out of it. it you know, there could be other reasons but um but it, you know, be be a, uh, a, a detective and 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 ask people in your life, check in on them, and say, 
hey, you know, how's it, how's it, how's it feel? Because here's what I'm feeling. You know, if you if you feel like a burden, don't be afraid to say you feel. Hey, I feel like a burden right now. You know, uh, with all this, and then you know, explore those feelings, and that's okay. That is okay for you to say that, um, because I tell you what, once you do say it, you won't feel like a burden. What really makes you feel like a burden is the fact that you feel like it and you're not expressing it. So get that, put that out there on the table. Uh, the other reason why people uh, complete suicide is uh, social isolation. A person can become socially isolated for many reasons, including losing friends or a spouse, undergoing a separation or divorce, physical or mental illness, social anxiety, retirement, or due to a move to a new location. Social isolation can be caused by internal factors such as low self-esteem. This can lead to loneliness and other risk factors of suicide, such as depression and alcohol or drug misuse. <sighs> I, listen, isolation is, is so easy now with all the technology. You can order food at home. You have your TV at home. You have all your streaming services. You have the Peloton bike. Like, you never have to leave the house. You can go to work. You can work from home. You never have to leave the house. And if even if you do go into a job, maybe you're in a cubicle, you're in an office, um, you don't really have to talk to anybody. You're, you're in front of a computer for most of the day. Or you're, you're at a job where maybe uh, you're not hanging out with people. You have to socialize. And that doesn't mean that you have to have a million friends. Um, but at least um, even if it's tough for you to make friends and, and connect with people, it, it, it doesn't mean that you have to have these buddies that you go out for drinks with and do things with. Socializing could be as, as little as just going to a park and people watching. Um, working at a coffee shop, going to church, joining a volunteer group or volunteering at a soup kitchen. There's so many ways for you to socialize outside of the realm of hanging, just hanging out with friends. It's not always about hanging out with friends and people you know. It's about just putting yourself in social situations. That's why I love going to the movies you know, it's uh, it gets me out the house. It, it puts me in a, a slightly social situation. I mean, the lights go down. There's no talking during the movie. But it's better than watching it at home. It's a, it's a step forward. If you're going to watch the football game, go to a bar. I mean, you know, hopefully, um, you know, order in order like a, a <laughs> what is it, seltzer water? Seltzer water and uh, some lemons or something like that. Or order a soda or get food. They have food at a bar. You can get water and uh, and some food. But there are so many ways for you to be social. And you can Google, you can look up that. How do, how do I be, how do I, what are ways to be social? And there's like a million ways for you to be social and, um, and explore how to be social. There it is. Start small. Chat with strangers. Oh, yeah, chat with strangers. Uh, don't get overwhelmed by those who speak too much. If you get overwhelmed by people who speak too much, just notice their eye color. Look at their eye color. And, and say, 
Or you could even say to them, this feels like a monologue. Yeah, I, I said that to people, like, this feels like a monologue. Like, I don't need, like, I feel like you don't need me to be here to say what you're saying. Um, and, or you could say, to, you know, uh, don't be, and don't be afraid of silence and don't control yourself all the time. If there's something you want to blurt out, like, I'm bored, say I'm bored. You know, I want to leave, I want to leave. Um, or you can find a hobby that's social. Right, whether it's archery or jujitsu, t- sign up for a class. Go online and sign up for. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, joining a group and talking to people, it doesn't always have to be a like. If you're not comfortable with like a a, a therapeutic group or uh, you know AA group, join some type. Of, it could be join Soul Cycle. Join any CrossFit. That's what, I think CrossFit is just people struggling with depression. All right, don't listen. I don't need the CrossFit people coming after me right now, but um, but there's so many ways for you to be social, and 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 and, and interactive without, uh, if you know, like I said, if you don't have friends right now, there's so many meetup groups online. You have meetup groups or Facebook groups. There's all types of ways for you to join, start a book club, right? But you want to be in, you want to be around physical people and not just online people it's not it's not healthy um the uh the other reason why sometimes people will complete suicide or attempt it is not so much because they really want to die but because they don't know how to get help so it's a cry for help suicide attempts are not a cry for attention but a cry for help it becomes a way to demonstrate to the world just how much they're hurting Unfortunately, these cries for help may sometimes prove to be fatal if the person misjudges the lethality, the lethality of their chosen suicide method. People who make a failed attempt are at much higher risk of trying again, and their second attempts are much more likely to be lethal. So it's a cry for help. And once again, um, you know, the, the, you can call the numbers. You know, when you type in suicide numbers now, um, you have the, uh, uh, oh, God, what? It is, you got the 1-800-273-8255. You have that number. They also have chat if you don't want to talk. You can, there's an online chat for that. If you're outside the country, um, that you know, you still have the online resources uh, that are available to you. Uh, if you go to ibf dot ib ibpf dot org, they have a list of international suicide hotlines. I'll say that one more time: ibpf dot org. So it's International Bipolar Foundation. Um, and if you if you go there, they have an international list of suicide hotlines. You know, if you're in Argentina or Denmark, I know I have listeners in Germany and Holland and India and the Philippines and Portugal, uh, Switzerland, uh, South Africa. If you're a veteran, you have the one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, or you can text eight three eight two five five. So there's there's numbers, there's support. For everyone out there, all right? And then um, the last reason why some people commit 
are complete suicide is there is it's an accident, accidental suicide. There's some situations where what appears to be a suicide is actually an accidental death. The dangerous choking game, also known as a pass out challenge, a flatliner or spank monkey or space monkey, uh, where teens attempt to asphyxiate themselves in order to feel a high, as well as autoerotic asphyxiation are examples. Accidental suicides can also include overdoses, poisonings, and firearm deaths. So, you know, that's the reason why you want to keep the guns out the house. Um, and it's also a reason why you want to keep the prescription pills and drugs out the house because uh, because there are accidental overdoses. I This is such a ridiculous... I, um, I had... What did I take a probiotic for? Oh, for, for bowel movements, right? So I was like, oh, let me take a, a... I bought this apple cider vinegar drink. It had lemon juice, honey, apple cider vinegar, and it also had probiotics in there. So I drank it, and it tore my stomach up because it was, it, the, the dosage of the probiotics was too much, and I was in bed for a day and a half. And that's from probiotics. I mean, it almost killed me uh, trying to be healthy. So if that's probiotics, I, I you know, all these uh, pain meds and uh, antipsychotic meds and, and things that people are taking um, are just extremely dangerous. So don't think that, um, it, it don't go beyond the dosage is what I'm trying to tell you. Hide the guns. And uh, and be mindful of of what you're putting in your body, right? Um, you know, and 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 just to close it off is like, you may never know why a person has completed suicide. While it might have appeared that someone had everything to live for, it, it probably didn't feel that way to them, right? And so if if you or a friend are at risk of of, of harm or self harm. Call that 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Check that out. Um, and, and like I said, if you, if you want to read about the, the guy who uh, trekked across uh, Antarctica and uh, it took him 77, 53 days, 77 miles, his name's Colin O'Brady. Colin, uh, is it apostrophe? Brady? Um, he's on Instagram and I'm sure, and like I said, in his book is called the impossible first from fire to ice crossing Antarctica alone. Um, and you know, I really appreciate you guys for co continuing to listen to the, the podcast for supporting in the way that you have been. Um, this is, this is so, um, rewarding for me. To, to receive the messages from people who I've I've helped and uh, it's very valuable um, and I just I, I want to remind you that uh, please go to uh, go to iTunes and and leave the, the five star reviews leave comments those are the things that that that, that um, get the the podcast and the message out there to more people to explore um, and also I remind you that as a business professional I know what it's like to be struggling with uh, relationship challenges, anxiety, and stress, and igniting your passion again. 
If you are committed and willing to get to the truth of your challenges, then head on over to BeforeYouKillYourself.today to schedule your complimentary coaching session with my team. I only work with committed and resourceful people, so space is limited. Again, book your session at BeforeYouKillYourself.today, and we will talk to you soon. Peace.